the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 139 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and like every week I'm here with the Duncan Ferguson of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And we're going to look at a huge week and next week as well of MMA with UFC 217 last week. Probably the best UFC card of all time, maybe. We'll discuss that. Uh, we're going to look ahead to Bellator as they come to Ireland um, next week. We're going to look back as well at the Bellator card from last week and ahead to the Poria Pettis, Pettis card for next week and also talk about Conor McGregor's apology and stuff this week. Graham, I, I believe you have a bit of an announcement yeah. to make. Go on, yeah, tell before, us. Before we get to that brilliant uh, UFC 217 card, we've actually got uh, MMA fightings and actually formerly, formerly briefly anyway, Severe MMA's Danny Segura on the line. We want to talk about the only contest from the week that really mattered: Liverpool dispatching Maribor in the Champions League. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the, the big, uh, the big, the big Madrid derby in FIFA 17 yeah. uh, that went down between Sean and Danny earlier on today. It was a very close encounter. It was nil all until the last minute, and then Sean bottled it and uh, and lost one 0 so um, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of speculation around it since. Like uh, the skeptics are out in their numbers. They're wondering was it actually Danny playing? Yeah, the, the, the lack of microphone has sparked a mass debate. How do you respond to that, Danny? No, listen. Uh, I, I'm not uh, as big as a gamer as I used to be, so I have no idea where the mic is. Whenever I play FIFA, I can't talk to anyone, uh, usually online, because it's just a waste of time. Uh, but uh, you know, I was actually looking for the mic, uh, but I just couldn't find it. Didn't have one. I actually offered. Uh, to postpone the game 30 more minutes. Uh, there's a GameStop nearby where I live. I could easily get one, and they're only a few bucks. Um, but, yeah, that was actually me playing. Uh, Sean, a nice L to go to go with it. Sean, what do you think of the conspiracy theories going around? Look, let me say, first of all, I'm humble. Well done, Danny. Congratulations. If that was you, you, well done. Congratulations. You deserve it. You're, you're the number one FIFA player in MMA media. I, I had discussions last week with New York Rick. We, as I said, you know, coming into this, we we had discussed this, that you know this was this was kind of a big ploy to to bring Danny on to to show his worth. And we I had discussions with with New York Rick, and there is a rematch clause in the contract, so that will be happening. But for now, Danny Danny is the best. I I'm the, the past king, and I'm the future king. So look, but that's all I can say. I mean. I, I'm not going to make excuses here. I don't, I don't know about I don't know about the past because this was for the inaugural title. Uh, you know, you had no, you, you haven't. I mean, who did you get the title originally from? That's what I'm wondering. I was the champ. You knocked me off my throne. I put myself up there. You know, I, I was there. In fairness, now today, right. look, <laughs> I, I was the better player. I think I think most people would agree with that. I deserve to win that game. And look, fair play to you. You mm. you, you parked the bus. You had Mourinho tactics. I like I played beautiful Pep Guardiola style football nearly scored with a beautiful bicycle kick it's cleared off the line a couple of times it was it was a good game but yeah your tactics you you out tactic me i underestimated you a little bit as the challenger but as the challenger myself i'm gonna be hungry i'm gonna be like tj dillashaw i'm gonna come in i'm gonna take it off you next time it was it was a good game in all seriousness it was a, it was a pretty good game it was, um, i expected it to be a, a little less competitive but uh you actually put up a, a decent uh fight there but if we were to actually look at the stats single area even in, in the fouls i committed zero fouls and you had four fouls 
in the game. So I, I, I had to play clean the whole time and, uh, you know, managed to get the W that way, you know. Also, I was caught by surprise, and this is not making any type of I didn't know if there was some sort of timer on – I mean, usually when you play online, like on ranked games, there is a timer. But I, since this was like – I guess like a friendly um, – you know, I wasn't aware that there was a timer when you were, like, in team management. So I was still shifting, and it seems the uh, squad wasn't updated. Uh, so there was, like, Thiago, who's old and already retired, playing there. Um, Savage, who's an amazing uh, defender, was playing, uh, was in the bench, and I couldn't put him on. Um, Yannick Carrasco, who's one of the best players in Atleti, uh, I needed him on left wing. He was on bench. He wasn't even on. I had to take Thiago out and put him in the second half. And that's when I managed to, you know, sort of shift the momentum a little bit. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, hiccups, and uh, you know, uh, it's good to give a few fringe players. Uh, good to give a few fringe players a run out against inferior competition. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah, give give, give them some uh, playing time. <laughs> I, I love the way you say Yannick Carrasco. That's just the best thing I've ever heard in my life. That's that's absolutely tremendous. Yeah, look for uh, in, 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 in the post fight the post fight analysis. The, the the pundits were saying um, it doesn't really count in a foundation level game uh, until you really prove yourself in pro ev. It's all small potatoes. How would you both respond to that? No, I, I, do you know what the people were saying as well? The people were saying <laughs> <laughs> Sean is the people champion. That's what they were saying. The pro, no, the, the proper. This is a pretty pro Segura crowd there. I mean, I'm still getting tweets right now that, you know, people congratulating me and sending me videos of my highlights. And, you know, it's great. You know, it's, it's great getting that recognition. They'll all, they'll all jump off the train, but they'll be back on it. So, so when, can, when can the fans expect the rematch? It's in Danny's terms. Danny can decide. I'm here. Anytime, it is. Any um, you know, right now I'm comfortable. Uh, just made a, a boatload of cash with this, uh, with this match. I want to thank uh, Sean for, you know, Stepping up there, you know, I need a, 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 a dancing partner, and he was the guy. Um, but right now, you know, I just got to talk to my uh, promoter, talk to my manager, New York Rick, uh, figure this thing out, you know. Um, don't get it mistaken. The, the rematch will happen. Will it be next? I don't know. And I'm just leaving it open for any MMA media member out there mm-hmm. that wants to take a crack at the champ. I mean, who knows? So, would you be open to the possibility of stepping up to uh, Pro Evolution Soccer? I haven't played Pro Evolution Soccer since it was like PlayStation 1. I must have been like 10 years old. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if the controllers are familiar, but I mean, if I get a, a few games in and get warmed up, I, I'm sure I'll, you know, I, can, I can step in that realm. But I do got to get the game first. Can I just add as well that I play um, PlayStation 4 all the time and uh, Xbox is not my, not my console. Excuses so. from both sides here. Excuses. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear excuses from the loser though, Sean. Just facts. Look, just look, facts. look, Sean. No, no excuses. Just you know, take a page from Conor McGregor. You know, take the the, the loss like a champ. Uh, and my roommate actually has a PlayStation Four. He's about oh. to get FIFA eighteen pretty soon. So let's do it. I mean, I, I can do. I can. I, I can play in any console and let's still hand out else. You know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a man it. of many talents. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's in store for the future. Right now, I'm just gonna enjoy this victory. Sit back. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Let's do it. Perfect. Thanks for joining us, Danny. Much appreciated. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, I suppose we better talk about MMA. Uh, so, and let's get to, to UFC 217. Just the most insane card of all 
time, maybe, possibly. Do you do you think it was? People are saying it's the best card of all time. I said it at the time. Um, I, like, I, I was kind of half-joking when I said it. it it's I, I, We're not going to probably break down like all the cards ever, but it definitely is up there, isn't it? It's definitely up there, but it, it, when recency bias kind of makes you... Yeah. Uh, you'd have to go back and look at a lot of MMA events, but yeah, no, it was absolutely fantastic. Like uh, On paper, it was brilliant, but on in actual practice, it was even better, which is, which is very rare. And it was absolutely brilliant. Like, um, obviously, three belts changing hands. Like, that's, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Um, yeah, none that well, come to mind anyway. Yeah, there's like, there isn't that many cards ever in all um, organizations that actually have had three belts open one night. Like, there's, there's a handful. And for the three of them to change and three, I'd say three underdogs. I know GSP turned out to be favorite, but I think in most people's minds, Michael Bisping was probably the favorite, and Cody was definitely favorite over TJ, and Joanna was favorite over Rose. For the three of them to go like that, it was just, it, it was unbelievable. We, we were going to obviously get to the fights and the breakdown of it and stuff in a second, but like, what about like, people were saying, asking the question, I think we have a few questions like afterwards that did this break one million? You know, is it going to be huge and all? The, the weirdest thing about cards like this is we watch them and it could be the greatest card of all time, but it's the greatest card of all time when it happened, not before it happened, you know, and that's when people buy it, before it happened. So, like, Dana White saying it did over one million, and he, you know, the funny thing about Dana White, during the week he went on this rant about saying people can't discuss this because uh, they don't know, I'm the only one who knows the figures, and that's right, and that's a problem. But, like, looking at this... It, I don't think it seemed to be trending in that one million huge range. It seemed to be less than for me, but well, what's your thoughts on that? Like, well, Dana was kind of pointing towards the Canadian market being being yeah. big and, and being uh, trending higher than they had expected, and he, he seemed pretty confident that it was going to smash, I think he said, or, or something along those lines, one million buys. But with Dana, well, you never know. And then when the actual figures come out, you actually never know as well. Like Dave Meltzer... He he gets to get, he he talks to people. He gets the best figure he can. But we we know from being told uh, from people in the past that them numbers, those numbers that he puts out are usually not accurate. They're semi-accurate, uh, close enough, and they're the best thing we have. So people go with them. But um, yeah, the GSP thing it was hard to know. Like it really was. Like like I've never been to to Canada. Um, I've never seen. Like I don't know what the actual the casual fan would they actually pay to see a GSP? And maybe because it's it's been four years, they haven't had to pay for a GSP uh, pay-per-view. They've forgotten about all those um, five-round fights that kind of started to put people off them. And maybe they, they, they did want to see what, what was going to happen. It was a kind of mystery. Four years out, two knee injuries later, it, it was a it was a big ask, up a weight. Like maybe the intrigue did get to the, the casuals at the last minute. Maybe they saw a countdown or saw the ads and they start, decided to stay in and watch it. Like it's really, really difficult to know. In fairness, the last few days it it did build pretty well. You know, with Cody releasing the knockdown of TJ in in training, the the press conferences were pretty good. GSP and Bisping had a great exchange. It was on ESPN or one day. I saw it all. It like had a few few hundred thousand views on Facebook or even more. I think, and things were just kind of building. Joanna did a great job. I thought of of uh, hyping the fight, and Rose did her did her part as well, kind of just staring her down, saying the Lord's prayer and stuff. Which with and that picture of Joe Rogan kind of went viral as well, looking mad. So it, it could have. I think I think we might have underestimated it a little bit. Uh, and the, I don't know if the UFC are overestimated or not. Obviously, we don't know, but I I do think it could have got up there into the high thousands at least yeah. it, 
What do you think of Dana saying that uh, it it might have or it, it beat the uh, Mayweather? It was great fights anyway. Yeah. In Canada. What was that about? In Canada, uh, Dana White did explain that in fairness. So there, there was a thing came out yeah, that if, Dana if White did in Canada, it was going to beat Mayweather. Yeah, if it did in Canada, yeah, it probably is huge. Yeah, I was definitely, I was expecting about six or seven uh, hundred thousand. I definitely wasn't expecting it to break a million. Uh, but uh, Dana White, obviously, you got to take everything he says with a pinch of salt. But hundred yeah, uh, percent, I, I wouldn't be that surprised thinking about it now. And as you say, though, like you know, the the card only really took off on on the the well, like it was a good, it was a very good card, two one seven on the prelims, but it really took off on the main card and. You had to pay for it before the main card. I doubt a lot of people were tuning in at the very last second. So hearing it was a great card. But you never know. Maybe maybe the first couple of fights, people are saying, oh, are you, are you watching this card? And people are buying it for the GSP fight or for the three title fights. So it's very hard to know. I'll probably never know. But it definitely seems to have done better than, than everybody expected. Yeah, let's let's talk about these three title fights. And let's talk about them in chronological order. And we'll start with, obviously, Rosnam Yunus versus Joanne Jacek. Look, we, there was a lot of analysis coming into this. I think... Most people were picking Rose to win, or sorry, to picking Joanna to win, giving Rose, you know, an outside chance, uh, or you know, maybe even a, a good chance or whatever. But I like to judge <laughs> just the state of whether you thought someone was going to win, or whether you know what chance they actually had by your reaction to it actually happening. How shocked were you when Rose Nam Yunus got the win? Yeah, I, I, I think I said it a couple of podcasts ago on the last podcast. I thought that Joanna was going to win this pretty handy. Mm-hmm. I just thought, she, uh, like, I just, I, I definitely 100% didn't see Rose going out there and TK owner or making her tap the strikes in, in the first round after a stand-up fight. I definitely wasn't expecting that. It was, it was, it was a huge shock. Um, yeah, I think everybody was shocked. Uh, even the people that picked Rose, I think, were shocked at the manner of, of yeah. the victory with the, with the TKO KO. I think they might have thought it might have been, she might grab a submission or she, it might be a back-and-forth fight. It's like it's very difficult to to, uh, to finish people with strikes in the the women's light lightweight or the lighter weight divisions. Like uh, there isn't that many people putting people away, TKO them or, or making them tap the strikes. Like that's not really happening. And I don't think many people saw that happening to Yamani and Jacek, who is like firmly kind of up there as either one or two and pound for pound women best woman fighters on the planet. So yeah, I think I was absolutely shocked, and I think. Even people who were picking Rose were shocked at the manner of it. Yeah, like I had a feeling for the last ten days or so that Rose would win, and even I, like I was shocked as well. I said I wouldn't be shocked if she did win, but I was shocked. And you hit the nail the head there. It was the manner by which she won. Like I thought, if she was to win, maybe she could land a shot like that and then take it back. Like when she did that the first time, when she knocked Yoni uh, and Jechik down, and then went to take her back, I was like, this is going exactly as I thought. <laughs> you know, this is this is what I thought she was going to choke her out. And that'd be it. I don't know. There's just sometimes you uh, you get a feeling, and you know, a lot of times it's wrong. But I I just had a feeling with Rose, and it it didn't come off the way I thought because she did. She did kind of dominate her on the feet. It, it was funny. We, we'll get to the, we'll get to the um the, the analysis of it and stuff in a second. But like, I don't know. We talk. I think I talked about it on the Periscope or uh, something during the week. Anyway, like last Windsor to choose her Wednesday. But there was there was that aura of like Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey all week for me in this. It looked like Johnny, Johnny and Jacek had bought into herself. It really did look like it. It looked like she got too cocky. The way in where Rose was just pure calm. When Rose walked to the octagon as well, looked really, really calm. And you can kind of tell. People can't fake that calmness. And I think you made the point last week on the podcast that Rose has done this once before and now she'll know. 
And I think she did. You know, she was used to kind of that big spot. She's been in big fights before, obviously the first ever uh, women's strawweight title fight. And she, you know, Joanna Njecek is used to fight, fighting people who aren't in that spot. This is their biggest fight of their life. And it, you know, you've talked about it a lot, you know, being at those big fights with McGregor and stuff, filming the documentary in the background and seeing other people or, or you know, other challengers or whatever coming in and they kind of falter against it. And I think that's something which everybody underestimates a little bit. And the fact that Rosanami Yunus didn't have that, I thought, was huge for her. And the fact as well that Injecek looked, she looked to me like she was playing up to the camera and stuff. Now she does that normally, but I don't think she ever got as overboard as she did. Like, am I overestimating that, do you think? Or do you, did you see that as well? Uh, it's hard to know, really. I think she's she was trying to get into her head and trying to get a reaction out of Rose. Rose was her, wasn't giving it to her, so she was trying even harder and it just wasn't working. So she was kind of she was kind of wasting her time when usually people do react as you said rose is kind of standing there muttering to herself just not bothered by the whole thing but i think once once the once the fight starts nearly all of that if not all of that is out the window and i think uh do you think that rose has like just put everything together and she's much better fighter than we've seen in her last few fights or do you think it was kind of um do you, do you think it was like joanna made made a mistake underestimated rose and was too was too open out there or just didn't didn't put the the same mental and physical effort into her camp that she she usually did or what what do you think happened there i watched the fight back very closely and i think it was all rose to be honest i I think joanna might have underestimated her a little bit like if i think if she wasn't as cocky she would have maybe run away a little bit or clinched her up a little bit more or attacked first uh she she was very very not sloppy is not the word but she was kind of carefree in there like rosanam yunus won this fight by doing something very very simple if you watch her feet right watch yoni and jacek's feet she goes if you look at on, on the clock right she goes from 12 to 6 so forward and back like if you're picture yourself as yoni and jacek you're looking straight at rosanam yunus right and you're going from 12 straight to rose back six and you're either going uh to three and nine in so you're going either forward backwards left or right right so she's moving in that those four directions whereas rosanam yunus she was standing right say in the middle of the clock and then she was moving like to was moving to 11 she was moving sideways like that and triangle and then she was moving from 11 to one so she what she was doing was joanna was coming straight forward and straight back and rose was going to the side of her the right side of her and thrown hooks hooks are her best shot i wrote it in my preview coming in that's what she does she comes forward and she throws hard hooks now usually she comes forward straight forward and back as well she she didn't show that that level of footwork before now her footwork and stuff was good was improving all the time and, and you, you know you said it there did she put it together i think she did put it together she has this has been coming her hands have been improving a lot an awful lot technically i think she always had uh Maybe not the power that we saw last night, but she always had the finishing ability. You know, that's why I was kind of thinking she might win because she has that finishing ability with the submissions. And, and you know, she goes for it when she gets in that position. But I thought that was what she did was brilliant. Joanna stepped forward. She stepped to the side and came in with that hook to the side. You know, there was no little jab coming in and landing. She did that a couple of times. All right. She did land that jab and she was kind of doing that. You know, Dominic Cruz, the way he does it, where he kind of drops his head and then throws the hand that's left behind over it. She was doing that a couple of times as well. I, like. 
it, it looked like there's this this neo footwork thing, which is you know a lot of shite basically. But it looked like someone who was fighting a Muay Thai fight against someone who's fighting an MMA fight, and someone who's fighting um, a fight to beat another person. Do you know what it reminded me of a little bit? It reminded me of TJ Dillashaw against Hinnambarau. It's a guy who's straight up and back against a guy who'll come in and he he'll hit him where he's not expecting to be hit. He's expecting to fight you straight up and back as well. You know, it, it's. It was really, it was it was a beautiful thing to watch when, like, and Trevor Whitman has to take a lot of credit for that as well. I think he's a really, really good coach, and that's definitely some of his planning as well. And she, I thought she did it perfectly. It was brilliant. Yeah, I think um, another way it compares to the TJ uh, Brow fight is, I think, I think Joanna, the, the shot that hit her and hurt her originally, she she was more hurt than I first realized, and then maybe the commentators first realized, and she didn't, she wasn't able to recover from it. Kind of like Helen Brow wasn't able to recover from uh getting knocked down early in the first TJ fight. And I and I think maybe you want to through a couple of combinations that missed by a mile, which which is unlike her. I think I think she was a bit more out of it than maybe it seemed at first. Maybe you're kinda of in a bit of disbelief that like maybe you're used to seeing her win. You've seen her take shots before and be all right. And and maybe if it was the other way around you you would have sensed more danger for Rose. But yeah, I think um I think Rose as you said is putting it together more like I don't know if I pick Rose in a rematch. I'd have to, I'd have to think about that more, but I'm definitely interested in seeing it. Yeah, I, I think the rematch is the fight to make. Like it, it is very interesting to see the changes that Joanna could make because she can fight different ways. You know, we saw a lot of her preparations coming up to it. I know it's only like embeddeds and stuff like that, but she was doing a lot of wrestling. You saw her doing a lot of submissions and stuff. Rose is is dangerous with submissions. She's very good jujitsu and stuff, but I'm not sure she has the best wrestling in the world. That's not usually how she gets her takedowns. So maybe Joanna can take it up, change it up like that. Maybe she can push her, uh, the pace. Like I thought, Joanna. Like for me, I, uh, when I was giving Rose a chance, I thought that she'd be able to push you on a push you on the back, push her against the cage, hit her with strikes by pushing her back, and she did that a little bit. Didn't do too much pushing her against the cage, although it didn't go too long. But I thought I thought Joanna would stop that by either doing her you know left to right six to nine or um, three to nine kind of movement to the side, or do it by landing first and coming in, uh, landing with that big maybe right hand coming in landing first. And she didn't really do that. She, she was kind of standing back, waiting for Rose, trying to counter her. Rose was just too fast for her. You know, I, I said she didn't land that many jabs. She was throwing the the uh, Rose. I mean, was was throwing kind of the hooks a lot by and setting them up with her footwork. But when she did, maybe she had like three jabs, maybe in the in the few minutes it went. How long did it go? For, um, uh, three three minutes and three seconds, which is funny because her her gym slam, I believe, is like three or three or something. But <laughs> she was landing first with those jabs when she decided to do that as well. So that it was amazing. Like she didn't just land this heavy knockout and catch her clean you know you you could put that even like if you look at mcgregor aldo you could say that you know he didn't destroy him over like three or four minutes and get the win she did that there's no question about that i don't think i think she was the better fighter in there i think she beat her basically at her own game she she went in there and she looked at Johanna's game and she took it apart that's what i think happened but, yeah i think i think that's that's going to be a, a huge rematch as well i think um It'd be interesting to see if if Joanna will be try to put the mind games on her like she or on Rose like she like she has in the past. Now that it didn't really work the first time, and now that she she's not undefeated anymore, and she she like lost comprehensively too. So it'll be interesting to see how how what um what mindset and what what um what differences in the the mental side and the the trash talking and in the fighting that Joanna will bring to the next the next uh, time they meet, if that is uh, the next fight to happen. I know Joanna was saying in the 
the press conference that she was planning on moving up and trying to win the 125 belt. But obviously that's that's on hold now. What do you think? think of, uh, what do you think of what happened to strikes? Uh, it's hard to. It's hard to know how hurt she was. I think she was more hurt than we uh, we expected than we thought from the actual first time she was rocked, and then obviously she was dropped really hard again the second time. It's it, if you know you're done, and the ref's not stopping it, you should, like it, it's probably a good decision to tap out. But it, when you've talked a lot of trash and mm-hmm. made yourself out to be this kind of uber tough guy, you, you basically you're, you're gonna catch heat, and you kind of gotta you gotta just take it. Yeah, look. Uh, I feel I, like GSP I'm, tapped the strikes yeah. before he came back, and, and he's uh, he he tapped the strikes against Matt Serra, who who was uh, undersized and in a big shock as well, a similar shock to this, like a big big underdog. He came back, won the welterweight title, and then won the middleweight title. So it's definitely not the end of Giovanni and Jacek. Look, for me, it's weird. I, I'm very very torn on this one because. I said it a few weeks ago, I think. I think we're not harsh enough on fighters sometimes, and I think we need to, like, tell the truth about things like that. But for me, the truth here is that I don't think there's there's any shame in it, really. If you are, you know, if you're beaten, it's, it's no problem. Call uncle. Like, you know, that that's it. If you're beaten, the fight's over. Fair enough. But the other side of it then is she did, like, call herself the boogie woman and all. She said Rose wasn't mentally strong enough and everything like that. She went, went for the throat, basically, with Rose. And then she quits like that, uh, but by tapping the strikes. Now, you you have to if you're her, you have to. I think you have to take that in the chin. You know, you do. If people are critical, want to criticize her for that, I'm not going to criticize her for that. But if people do want to criticize her for that, I think they're justified doing it by doing it because of what she said before. And I know it's selling the fight and everything, but you do have to live by your words as well. And that's unfortunate for her, you know, and I wish, you know, it was a perfect world and she didn't have to do that, you know, but that that yeah. kind of, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Yeah, when you when you talk, you talk yourself up and you say you're this, you're that, you're obviously, you're you're setting yourself up for, for much more criticism when you do fail than if you're a humble guy. So you are taking a risk and I think you know you're taking a risk and I think Joanna knew, knew she was taking a risk and every, all the fighters know in the back of their mind that they can lose even if they they want to put forward that her full belief in themselves and all that. She's got a, she's got a long career ahead of, her, ahead of her. Like There's no point taking unnecessary damage. Um, but at the same time, you said, you know, it's kind of you can understand why people are, are are laughing and criticizing and she's kind of just got to take it yeah and she seems to be humble in the in the press conference and yeah that seems to be taking it well so uh, as well as you can so yeah uh, i expect her to be to be back pretty soon that's another and thing I think to... taking taking less shots is, is obviously uh we'll, we'll let her we'll let her come back uh, quicker than if she had taken a few more shots even though the ref was actually stopping it as she was as she was tapping mm-hmm, yeah she didn't know that that and that's kind of where the Rousey home thing ends. I think Ben Fox said that as well. She came out. She was very good. In fact, all uh, all of the previous champions were Cody and uh, Cody Garber and Michael Bisping as well came to the the press conference afterwards. And maybe not humble, you wouldn't say Cody Garber definitely wasn't anyway at times. But all of them came there. They answered the questions. Looked very upset. Cody and Joanna and uh, Bisping not really. He looked a bit contented. But fair play to them for doing that. And I think all three of them uh, will be back. Definitely Joanna as well. I can't wait to see how Joanna comes back and looks. But the next one then, just the night just rolled on and got more insane and more insane was Cody Garbrandt against TJ Dillashaw. Did, did this fight go 
how you expected in in the maybe the first round. I I know the yeah yeah the, the, the it was going it was going very like I like expected in the first round. I thought TJ would be missing more than Cody, and Cody would be kind of sharper and quicker. And then Cody dropped uh, TJ at the very end of the round, nearly finished him. You could argue we, TJ was <clears throat> saved by the bell there. And then Cody seemed to, or TJ seemed to recover brilliantly in between rounds. And when he came, when he came back out, uh, Cody was willing to willing to kind of trade one for one, and that ended up biting him in the ass. And he he ate a, he ate a head kick at one stage, and uh, obviously the finish was was beautiful from TJ. And that was that that was. You know, I think I think Cody is actually the more technical fighter, but he got into a brawl, and that that's what happens. When you get into a brawl, you're risking that. Yeah, I I, I expected this fight to go away the way it did in the first six or seven minutes or whatever it was. Well, in the first four minutes, actually, four minutes, like 55 seconds before TJ got knocked down. For TJ's side, I thought he would fight like that. As you said, he was missing lots of shots. That's kind of what he does, and it doesn't really matter for him because that's the way he fights. He you know, he might land 10% of his shots, but that's kind of the way he does it. But for Go- Cody, I didn't think he was landing as much as he, he could have or should have uh, in that fight at all. I think he was a little bit bamboozled by Dillashaw and uh, coming in as well I, I was thinking he might add in the wrestling he did a little bit of it but I thought d- defensively Dillashaw might be um, might be kind of very ultra defensive off the back foot and I think he was for a, a, a large part of the first round and stuff uh, until he got hurt you know late he was you know he had that unbelievable footwork as well a lot of the times uh a lot of the time in the first couple of rounds there wasn't really much landing cody landed a hard jab at one stage but he wasn't landing first you know and fighting someone like dillashaw who was being very defensive like that i think you have to come in you have to land first you have to establish that jab if you're someone who fights out of a boxing oriented way that cody garbin does and most of his good work is by landing hard shots and winning rounds that way like he did against dominic cruz and I think that that big hard shot that landed maybe four or five seconds left in the first round came because of they were up against the fence and there wasn't much room. You know, I think Cody had a problem um, with closing the distance like that. And when the distance was kind of closed by the cage and they were put together, he, that's where he landed. He landed that big, huge right hand right in the chin of Dillashaw and hurt him. And, you know, he, he did well to come out for the second round. Didn't in the second round... It was funny because the fight kind of played into Garbrandt's hands in the one way. But I say, as I said there, like Garbrandt wants to fight close, close orders where he can use his power, where he his faster hands, quick hands, are going to make the difference. And I thought that's exactly what happened because D- TJ was kind of taken out of his game by that knockdown. He wasn't the same fighter anymore. He couldn't move as fast as he did in the first round because he was still rattled and he was he was still recovering. And, uh, you know, you were saying it there, they got into kind of these mad exchanges. And I disagree with you a little bit. I think that's, that is kind of where Cody wanted it, where he should be best. And I think he is a more uh, technical fighter, um, but and, and he definitely hits harder. But it's funny that it was exactly where he wanted it, and that's where he lost. You know, that, that I think, is where what makes MMA so mad. Like, if you were to say before this fight to me, there's going to be someone knocked out in, like, a six or seven punch barrage of lads trading. There's someone going to be TKO'd like that. I'd say, oh, okay, Cody Garbrandt's going to win, but he didn't. And TJ Dillashaw beat him exactly where people might expect Cody Garbrandt to beat him. And that's what I think makes MMA amazing, that anything can happen. And it was a beautiful, obviously, shot by, by TJ. He threw combinations really, really hard, and he handed, landed that big hook on him and knocked him down and TKO'd him. And I thought it was, it was just... It was just mad. It was just amazing. 
Um, how did you disagree with anything I said there? How did you see it? Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with most of that. Yeah, I think um, that's why MMA is so great. Yeah, live MMA, live high quality MMA is just brilliant. It's absolutely amazing to watch, and especially when when there's fights like um, TJ and Cody and Bisbing and Saint Pierre, where you just it's everybody's picking different people. Nobody knows how it's gonna how it's gonna what's gonna happen, who's gonna win, and um, there's. Like and then obviously you have a massive upset in in the the women's title fight, which is absolutely brilliant as well. But I I love these ones where I just don't know who's going to win before the fight starts. Like you you pick somebody, you try to, but you're not confident, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, they're the best fights. That's what makes MMA so good. When just these crazy nights like two one seven come along, where kind of everything's out the window. It's just it's just something in the air nearly like you, you kind of knew that it wasn't going to be a gsp snore fest like it has been many many times just because the card was just it wasn't going to allow it <laughs> yeah, 100%. one last thing actually before we move on to the the main event there was one technical thing i actually saw for like the whole fight you saw tj coming in with his backhand which was usually his right hand Right, like right up against his his head with like a, a, a you know a hammer fist kind of made against his head, and he was holding it there for the whole fight. And it was, I, I kind of think you know he landed obviously that big head kick in the second round. And I, I, funnily enough, I think when he couldn't move his feet as much, it forced him to kind of throw that backhand a bit more and to throw throw it more varied. So what he was doing with that backhand was he, he was throwing it kind of leading, and then he was coming in with maybe a hook and then throwing it again. And then he was going, you know, leading to the face and to the body and then throwing behind it or throwing a leg kick or something. And he was very careful about throwing the high kick, I think, a lot of the times. And then when Ludwig told him between rounds to throw it, I think it was a little bit like Cormier against John Jones where he was waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, and then threw it. And that's what happened with TJ. And then he kept throwing it and then Cody was a little bit off off of his game and he wasn't expecting it. He got caught the second time and hurt again, but... Yeah, I thought that was that was an interesting thing to look at. Like, if you're looking back at the yeah. fight, watch that backhand from DJ. And the way he switches stances as well is, is a brilliant thing. Like, I think very that, technical yeah. stri- strikers. Like, it's, it's always yeah. great to watch. And especially when they're two different styles going up against each other. It's great as well. Like, it, show, it's the, it really is the mark of a champion when you can fight in different ways. Like, TJ was kind of taken out of his game a little bit and he still won it. Like, he was, still had that presence of mind to do things like that, to change it up, to, uh, you know, he, he by throwing that front hand to the body or throwing that lead hand to the body and then throwing it to the head and then back to the body like Cody's expecting it okay it's either going to the head or the, bo- the head or the body you know he, then he's coming in with the shots behind it he, that's all adding up for him to you know for him to throw that shot that he's not expecting and land it and I think for him to have the presence around to do that after getting hurt maybe like three or four minutes earlier it's absolutely huge and Congratulations, TJ Lishan. You, you have to feel good for TJ as well after the amount of abuse he's taken. You know, <laughs> some of it fairly, some of it unfairly. Definitely, you know, people call him a snake 500 times a day on his Instagram. And, you know, they, they're saying basically that he ended the career of one of their teammates in Team Alpha Male and everything like that. You know, whether true or not, that still has to get to someone like, and it's kind of, uh, you have to feel good for him. Uh, you know, even the way I look know, at that though is, as long as they yeah. care, either way, then you're then mm. he's he's laughing. I think uh, you no problems with the stop with the stoppage. I think maybe the photo of them of TJ screaming in in Cody's face right after kind of m- maybe made pe- the few people that were saying it was an early stoppage. Do you think it was? I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, maybe actually. I didn't really. I didn't really even think about it before now. Uh, I think the way he popped yeah. back up and straight away in the photo straight after of TJ screaming or the, the visual of TJ screaming in his face, people were like, oh, he was grand. 
Maybe it could have gone a bit longer, but I don't think you can say the, the ref made a mistake there. I think that's a judgment call, and he's w more w well within his rights to make th make that stoppage. And there's no arguments, but I can see why when, when somebody pops up that people say, ah, oh, come on, he could have gone on longer. And that whole, oh, he's a champion thing, I don't agree with that, but um, yeah. What, what, do I, I think, what do you think is next for TJ? Obviously, Dominic Cruz and uh, Jimmy Rivera are fighting in a couple of weeks coming up here. Uh, do you think the winner of that is getting TJ next? Uh, TJ DJ, maybe. Oh, yeah, he called out DJ as well, yeah. Maybe. Definitely want to see that. Yeah, interim title. <laughs> we need another interim title. Let's do it. Yeah, I kind of do want to see that as well, whether DJ will take it or not. Maybe he will. Can DJ... There was someone... Who, who was I listening to? I don't know. I was listening to someone talk about it yesterday on a on a on a periscope or something about like TJ was struggling hard enough to get the one thirty five this time. You know, people saw him cutting. I th I think late on the day as well. So maybe he wasn't struggling to get there, but you know, he was he was definitely at the cut way to get there as well. And can he get down to one twenty five as well? Like if someone's moving down from maybe one you know one eighty five to to one seventy or something. I know it's fifteen pounds, but maybe that's not something as big as a guy when he's that small like the percentage body weight is, is huge for someone that small and you know he's obviously sh absolutely shredded as well look at him you can look at him in the, in the octagon like he, he's unbelievable so if he can get down there sure i'd love to see it um but yeah i don't you, know, you I, even care about the belt is it going to be a 130 yeah you, sure you, like would that would that take away from it from you i don't like i don't care about the belts uh, uh i just want to see that fight more than anything like obviously it'd be it'd be It'd be ideal if they were about the same weight and they could fight each other, but they're not. We don't want to see TJ looking diminished in there because he's had to cut an extra ten pounds. Like, I'd even do it at one hundred and thirty-five pounds. Do you know what they should do as like, well? I, I, the weight doesn't bother me at all. I just want to see the fight. I, I and we talked about this a few weeks ago about that this specific fight, and I think we kind of came around, or certainly I did anyway, to the thinking that Demetrius Johnson is right to look for more money to do this. So I think they should put it as the co-main event of a, the next Conor McGregor fight, and then I think you can satisfy everyone. DJ will get a lot of pay-per-view money from that uh, with, with his contract. Um, TJ Dillashaw probably will as well. Obviously, you know that he's the champion. I think that's a win-win for everyone. You you make that super fight, you put it on there. And that that'd be you know that'd be absolutely huge. So if if they are doing it, I think that's where they do it. If not, I wouldn't mind seeing. I think Dominic Cruz against Rivera will be a good fight. If that is Cruz, I could see TJ taking that obviously because Cruz has a win over him. Uh, but I also don't think this is the last time we see Cody Garber and TJ Dillashaw fight. And I think Cody handles probably everyone else in that division pretty easily, uh, apart from you know TJ and and Dom as well. I think, but. Yes, it's a very interesting time at uh, at 135. Like I think all those guys will probably end up fighting again. So uh, looking forward to that. And then the main event, George Rush St. Pierre against Michael Bisping. Maybe coming into it, people were thinking it was like maybe the the, e the easiest tactical fight to to look at, or that in terms of like if George St. Pierre fought normally, if Bisping fought normally, obviously a big thing was thinking if GSP was able to fight normally, if he was able to come in and look like he did before uh, uh, with the four years out and with that ACL injury, which was obviously his second one. Did you see any signs of ring rust from Jarl St. Pierre? Um, yeah, a little bit. He slowed down in the second round, I thought, or um, a little bit, but like, I think he probably could have went five, but he would have been more tired than if he wasn't carrying an extra 15 pounds and if he wasn't and if he wasn't there for so long but it wasn't um it didn't it didn't turn out to be a major factor because the fight didn't go that long yeah i i, but I definitely think he, he showed noticeable signs of getting tired when he he used to very rarely show that 
I think it was more the fifth extra fifteen pounds, obviously gone up uh, on his back. The, more than the the ring the cage the cage crows and as more now talks it. I thought he looked very very good in the first round. I thought his jab was on point. His timing from literally minute one I thought was very very good. His cage cutting is what won him that first round and what had him in the head early. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And it, I wrote in my article coming in that taking the center of the octagon was going to be something that's very, very big. And I thought Bisming would be able to do it because he'd throw more shots. He'd be braver kind of in the pocket than GSP was. But I was totally wrong. GSP was braver in the pocket. He was landing that jab first. You could see he was quicker than him. His timing was better than Bisping. Uh, and as I said, that I think the cage cutting was, was something that was really good. He very, very quick, quick feet to get there and to stay there in that pocket. Whereas Bisping, Bisping was, I think he was trying to land that left hook larry as he likes to call it you know the one he landed on on luke rockhold i think he he thought this our um gsp's timing would be a little bit off also and it's something joe rogan uh said on commentary that he thought the the wrestling was the reason bisping was doing that and watching it back i didn't think it was in the first round but when it got to the third round I think he might actually have a point because after GSP did take him down in that third round, he went back to that because in the second round, Bisping started fighting very well. He was very brave in the pocket. He started pushing GSP back. When he did get taken down, he got straight back up. When he got taken down the third time, uh, sorry, second time, he absolutely destroyed GSP from the back. And I think it was really, really wise, very well prepared Bisping was with those elbows. He won that fight from the bottom, make no mistake about that, when it, when it was down there. And he, then he got back to his feet. But when he did get back to his feet in that third round, he couldn't reestablish that forward pressure. You know, GSP did look tired. Like that fight was, you mentioned it there, he was getting tired. That fight was getting away from GSP, even though he did get the takedown. And that did help him recover a little bit. But that fight was getting away from him. And Bisping kind of handed it to him at the end because he stopped doing what he was doing in the second round and maybe to start to start it hard as well. And it's yeah. because of that takedown, I think, that Joe Rogan mentioned. There's just one thing as well that he, he keeps throwing this, like he's like flicking his front leg rather than actually like walking into the pocket and fighting to get on the front foot. Like when he does that, he's not taking the center of the cage. And we'll watch him in that third round before he gets knocked down. That's the reason why he got knocked down because he was just there flicking his leg, flicking his leg. And then GSP comes in and hits him and knocks him down and chokes him out. I think that was I, I don't know, was he getting a little bit tired? Was he was it because of the takedown? I think it might have been because of the takedown. He didn't want to get taken down. But that was kind of the I thought the reason why Bisping ended up uh, getting finished. Yeah, I think um, as you were saying, um, Bisping did seem the fresher. And then when George got the got the takedown, I think George, even though he ate a couple of a couple of or he got a couple of cuts from elbows he ate, I think he actually rested on top more. And yeah. Bisping actually expanded more energy landing the elbows and then getting up from the takedown. And then I think GSP was was a bit had a second wind by the time uh, he he was he seemed to be uh, dominating the striking as he was in the first round. In the first round as well, though, in all <clears throat> in all Bisping fights. He's a slow starter. He always has been. He he gets dropped regularly, regularly enough in the first round of fights and comes back and wins them. So you kind of nearly expect that from, from Bisbing to drop the first round. And as you said, he I thought Bisbing was won the second round. He was taking over the fight. It seemed to be getting away from George, but I think it's the true sign of a of a world class fighter and a champion that um even though he was bleeding and the tide seemed to have turned against him and maybe maybe he was rusty. He, he could have doubted himself. He, he, he could have he, he could have been thinking maybe maybe this is a bad decision, but he didn't. And he actually got his first finish in just under nine years. So 
fair play to GSP. Like you know, Bisping, he hasn't finished that many times in his career. Like I think uh, Luke Rockhold choked him. I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. maybe another one there somewhere, <clears throat> is there? Uh, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, we look on his record, but yeah, you have to. You, you know, you have so to. So he's a very hard man to finish, like Bisping is, and um, and fair play to GSP. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. Like that four years out and that and coming with two knee injuries on top of that, but people weren't even talking about that. We hadn't seen him fight since them two in, knee knee injuries, and it, it, he seemed his timing on his takedowns, his his distance, and his timing and his in his strikes was was spot on, even in the first round, which is which is really impressive and, and surprising. Like that. Like my picks were absolutely horrendous for the whole night, but mm-hmm. we kind of said like GSP's jab. Like usually it's 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 on point, but it's probably going to take a bit of time to to get back into the into the flow. But it it, it didn't, and fair play to him up up away as you say. I think that was that was a major factor in in GSP tiring. But I think maybe pr- probably four years would have to of lack of sharpness would have to uh, would have to play a part in that as well. Yeah, and the the debate started as well after it and. It was funny. I like I was on two FM during the week, and I I said he's one of the two, top two or three greatest fighters of all time, and this this cemented him up there. I think as one of the greatest of all time. Like it's funny because the fighters fighting now who are the best fighters are the best fighters ever. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, there's it's not like basketball or something like that where the game has basically been the same for the last forty years or thirty years or whatever. Where Michael Jordan, if he was playing today, he'd be the best player. Or you know, soccer's a little bit different, maybe. But like other, there's there's a lot of sports that have been gone on forever. Like snooker, if you were a better snooker player like 50, twenty years ago than the players today, you'd beat them. But I, it's not the same in MMA. It moves on so quickly, and I think that's the reason why like. Demetrius Johnson's obviously the pound for pound best fighter in the world these days, I think. And I think that's why he's the best of all time because he's the best these days. But if you're to look at, you know, and I don't do this as much maybe as I should, but if you're to look at the, the level people have beaten, the amount of title defenses as well, GSP is definitely up there. He could, if you told me now he's number one of all time, like he's not number one pound for pound right now, but if he's the greatest of all time debate, GSP up there, Anderson Silva up there, John Jones, unfortunately, Demetrius Johnson, Fedor, all those guys, but GSP with this, you know, it's hard not to call him the GOAT, you know, it is really hard not to call him the GOAT, coming up, as you said, after four years out, this is huge, like, all the doubts that were coming into this, he defied them all, he really, really did, it was exceptional what he did, he came in there and he beat Bisping, now Bisping obviously isn't, you know, the toughest challenger of all time, he isn't the best champion uh, of all time, but that um, he's been fighting. He beat Luke Rockhold, beat um, Dan Henderson, you know, beat a lot of guys while while George St. Pierre was out, and GSP just came back up a weight and beat him. And I thought it was uh, absolutely brilliant. But where where do you, you stand in the goal? Yeah, I'd have him up there, but I don't think I'd have him top. I think the lack of finishes, and I think when you're talking about greatest of all time, and you're talking, you're kind of ruling people out due to to drugs and stuff. I think you have to mention the, the George St. Pierre getting cock racing. I think I think a lot of people don't want to talk about that, or a lot of people don't talk about it. But if you're gonna compare him to the best of all time or put him ahead of Demetrius Johnson. I think that's got to be discussed as, like Matt Hughes said, he, he was greasy against him. Um, Jason Miller, BJ Penn, a load of them, you know, and he got caught with, with, his corner got caught putting loads of Vaseline on him against BJ Penn that nine years ago, the last time he, he actually finished the fight. Yeah. So I think that actually comes, has to come into it. If you're, if you're, if you're talking like the high, the highest echelon of the whole sport. I think people aren't talking about that for some reason. I didn't, people never liked to talk about Greasegate. 
that, yeah, that is fair, I suppose. Yeah, they, like it's a fair point to make when you're looking at these things. And and I think the fact that he didn't finish guys as well that much, you know, I think my, my fact and the thing was, was it his last seven title fights before that obviously were all uh, were all um, decisions. Whereas Demetrius Johnson, I think he's a better finishing rate than than uh, John Jones even. And hmm. obviously and Anderson Silva was, was knocking people out left and right with spectacularly for years as well. Yeah. But it, it's it's you'd have to go back and watch so much tape, and it'd be like I think people people can rule out people like John Jones and Anderson Silva, the fair drug case. I can understand that argument, but I, I'm not really sure myself. Like, I think that's the right I, way I, to I, be, is not to be sure. Like, yeah, it's so hard to know. Like, as you say, like the the sport moves on so quickly as well that Demetrius Johnson is probably the best, most technically good martial artist ever to practice martial arts. Yeah, it's martial arts. So he's probably the best of all time. Mm-hmm. But it, it depends what you think about it. Like because he, you know, his resume definitely isn't the great resume of the greatest fighter of all time. Like, uh, but it, like his his ability and the way he make good guys and make no mistake about it, they are good guys. Look terrible. Just it makes him so great. But GSP, like he made a lot of guys look terrible as well. But in his way, in a different way. I've I've always kind of liked his way, but there's no doubt about it. Like. Destroy, like mouse trapping guys or knocking out Joseph Benavidez in fifteen or fifty seconds or whatever it was or two minutes. That's like that, that is huge. GSP didn't really do that kind of ever, you know. Well, he did it to Matt Hughes. He finished him fairly quickly, didn't he? There at one side, but he also lost to Matt Hughes. You know, he lost to Matt Sarah as well. Demetrius Shanton doesn't really have that last on his record, does he? You know, he has a loss to, uh, to okay, to Brad Pickett years ago, but that wasn't in a championship fight or anything. He has a loss to Dominic Cruz. He has the draw with Ian McCall. Probably, you know, Ian McCall was the best 125er in the world at the time. Uh, Dominic Cruz is the best 135er in the world at that time. You know, and then he went on that that huge run. Like GSP did a similar thing as well, I suppose. So it's fair enough. But yeah, look, if you're looking at the GOAT status, I I definitely, I, I think. I think I talked myself into putting GSP as number one, but you know, Demetrius Johnson definitely, I think the the best pound for pound fighter of all time. If if you want to, you know, call him different things like that. The most but, disappointing thing about the whole debate that's gone on about the the best ever, the goat, is no mention of Cole Conrad. Cole Conrad, yeah, that fucking white goal no taking him away. That white you can't goal. beat that guy. You can't beat that guy. Literally can't. Like that, Brock Lesnar retired, went to fake fighting because of him. Basically, he didn't want to fight him. You know, he wanted nothing to do with Cole Conrad. <laughs> but yeah, what what do you think is next for George Sampier? I've I've said it, I've been saying it for months. I've been on lads at submission radio talking about it. A Conor McGregor fight. That Conor McGregor fight makes sense now. He was even talking about it afterwards that he oh, I was a little bit too big. Bisping was too big. He can still get down to one seventy and stuff. Talked about one fifty five before. Maybe they could even meet in the middle. You know, one sixty two, one sixty three or something. Do you think that could happen, or do you think it'll be Robert Whitaker next? I don't think it will happen next, but I think <laughs> it depends what happens in the Whitaker fight. But I, I, I'd have to watch tape again. But like, I, like preliminarily, I'll have to. I'd have to pick Whitaker in the fight. Yeah, like, 100%, as, as, yeah. as, as good as GSP was, it, it, the style matchup against Bisping, as we mentioned last week, was kind of it wasn't that bad a style matchup to come back to. Although, like, I was, I, I was thinking Bisping would win just due to all the factors around around GSP and the, the size and all but Whitaker is a scary guy who's <laughs> better and better all the time like it's insane isn't it like it's we, kind we of never and ever with the with the with the yeah. Conor McGregor GSP thing but if he loses to Whitaker and reels off a couple of couple of welterweight wins GSP wheels off a couple of welterweight wins then it could happen but I don't think it will happen next 
we, we just had a debate about Dimitri Shonson and GSP possibly being the two greatest fighters of all time. And we just both said there that Whitaker's going to beat him. And if TJ fought DJ, he could lose as well. That, that just sums up MMA, I think. Like the two greatest fighters of all time, possibly, could both lose their next fight. Yeah, it's, I think you tweeted it. Was it you or somebody tweeted that uh, zero UFC champions have yeah. undefeated records now? Yeah, yeah, I, I did that. No, In MMA, you lose. Like you, people, people think it's the end of the world. It's not like boxing. It's not the end of the world. People lose all the time. They get they close holes in their game and they come back either better or or maybe they plateau and then they never make it to the next level. But all the be- all the best fighters have lost. Yeah, it's an insane sport. Even, you just even John Jones, to Matt Hamill, even though it was a disgrace. Mm-hmm. And he lost as well in on my in my book to uh, Daniel Cormier the second time because he was cheating and on drugs and that should be a loss in my book. Headbutt to the shin. But, yeah, headbutt to the chin exactly. But uh, like that Whitaker fight as well, and and we move on because this is going to be the longest fucking podcast of all time. But that Whitaker, Whitaker fight as well is, is like that could be an intriguing fight as well because you can't rule out GSP at the same time. I know we but we'd both pick Whitaker. I think most people would, but. He, you know, he didn't maybe didn't look great. Whitaker is smaller too, so he maybe he wouldn't have to come in as big. You know, Whitaker used to be a, Whitaker used to be a, a welterweight. Like Wonderboy absolutely destroyed Whitaker as well. You know, at one stage, so it could could I know it was you know. A long Actually, it shows how good this card was that we've been talking for like an hour, and you only mentioned your boy Wonderboy. Yeah, we'll get to him in one second. But Bisping, I know he said he's not going to retire. Does London car come up? Would you like to see him on that? Oh, yeah, I think somebody, I don't know if Dana said it or one of the, the media asked Dana at the post-fight press conference that they were saying that Bisbing said he wanted one more on the home yeah. soil. So that London card coming up in March, isn't it? So, give him Tong Kong um, Watson. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> they might give him a give him a nice send-off fight, but um, maybe they could do the Luke Rockhold trilogy. Like, yeah. That's what I was thinking. It'd be a bit of a big fight for 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 the the time zone and the the EMEA market, but maybe you never know. Maybe maybe Bisping could swing it. I saw a lot of people saying Vitor as well. I think that'd probably be even a, a better one to send Bisping out in a win, maybe. Yeah, the trash talking Luke Rockhold and Bisping though, bring, yeah. bring it on. I want like, that one better. That third fight kind of definitely needs to happen as well. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Vitor talking about dinosaurs and stuff is just old. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's move on to the rest of this card and we, we'll run through it quickly. Uh, br- uh, going from bottom to top, uh, Ricardo Hamos with an absolutely brilliant spinning back elbow KO over Eamon Zahabi in a brilliant fight to start it off. Then, what about this Curtis Blades fight against Alexi <laughs> Olenek, uh, the TKO Dr. Savage? For me, lucky he still has two ears. Yeah. If- <laughs> for me, it was the right result, the, the fact that they gave Curtis Blades the fight. In summary, Curtis Blades threw a kick when Olnick was on the ground. It kind of grazed his ear, and the fight had to be stopped because Olnick was already kind of fecked up from all the damage he's taken. Do you think the fight had to be stopped? I thought the... the, the, mm, yeah. the I don't, I'm obviously not a medical doctor, and the doctor said he couldn't continue, but... <laughs> You're not? What? <laughs> you were. But, you know, it, it seemed to me... We've seen guys in worse condition, but maybe his eyes were, were glazed over. Obviously, I wasn't looking in his eyes. I'm not a doctor, as I said, but... Yeah, I, I think maybe... Yeah. I think the I doctor think, panicked a bit. Throwing the kick was very, very stupid. It was like a big rugby punt or an American football punt from Curtis Blades. It was, it was very strange. Yeah, very weird. But I think once it was stopped, I, I think it was bad to stop it. Uh, but once it, there was a language barrier, so once it was stopped, I think they came to the right result afterwards. And then yeah, maybe Onyx uh, said he couldn't continue. Like we don't know what was said as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And then Walt Harris as well got DQ'd. I think fairly for throwing an absolute scumbag. <laughs> 
which he, which his team uh, Matt Dangersnell came out and was given out to me for calling him a scumbag and stuff. But I stand by it. I said I've been saying it that we have been harsh enough for fights. This this is one you could get cut for. I thought it was that bad to be honest because the referee was pulling him back. He said stop, stop, stop roaring. Like he couldn't hear him. He was like two feet away from him. How loud is the crowd like? You can't hear someone roaring. Walt Harris came out and said he couldn't hear him. Um, yeah, it looked to me like he, tr- he threw the kick. It looked to me like at least he could have pulled the kick away. We've seen mm-hmm. people start throwing kicks at the end of rounds and pull them away. Um, but I wouldn't say cut him around like that. Absolutely not. Like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't either. Like, but I, lads have been Paul Daly and uh, the other dude. What's his name? Um, well, Paul Daly ran after him afterwards, and yeah, this was basically a soccer kick as well, and it was a lot harder than Paul Daly drew as well. Aldo did it to Chad Mendes and at the end of a round, and ah, but that's a little bit different. Durand, me did it to Holly Holm twice in a fight. Like, it's I don't think it's as bad as the after the fight's been over for multiple seconds going over and punching or attempting to punch like uh, Paul Daly did yeah uh, look it's fair enough I, I think uh, I think they came to the right decision in that as well and I think the, and the other one as well and I think that Eamon Zahabi stoppage as well I must mention that as well it was absolutely Great brilliant stoppage. stoppage brilliant brilliant stoppage if you're watching if you haven't seen that go back and watch that just for the stoppage alone that, uh, that's how a referee should do, do it so fair play to him uh, Joseph Duffy then against James Vick I suppose we better we better talk about that. I thought Duffy did very very well in in the first round. You know, the, the problem coming in was going to be Vic establishing his his jab and his long range. And Duffy, I thought, did very very well. He was cutting him down, uh, getting inside, landing all the big shots, not really taking much. Then in the second round, I think I don't know the game game that game just kind of went out the window a little bit. And I think it might have been down to Vic a lot because he did start establishing that jab. He started getting his long range, and Duffy couldn't really hit him a lot. And then obviously there was there was that big. Finish with that beautiful was it, a, it was a right hand I believe at the end and he was stopped uh, a second from the end what, what do you think of the finish and the fight in general um yeah I thought I thought Joe won the first round as you were saying I thought he was very crafty and getting around the size uh, disparity but I think um combination of Joe getting a little bit tired a little bit more uh, stationary and Vic getting into a flow um changed the fight I think Vic was about to win the round and it was about to be one all and then obviously that big uppercut dropped Joe and uh, I thought at one stage the ref could have stopped it and then Joe established guard and then or established some kind of guard and then the ref stopped it with like a second to go so I thought he could, the ref kind of missed his opportunity to stop it if he was to stop it and that he yeah. should have, it should have went on uh, I, I know Joe probably isn't one for any controversy he probably won't be coming out saying oh, I was grand it could have went on but I think I think the ref was a little bit uh, over eager on that one I think it was a badly timed stoppage more than a bad stoppage. I think if he had stopped it when Joe hit the ground, I don't think anyone would have complained because he was there. He didn't look to be protecting himself. But then Joe did start protecting himself. He he was establishing his guard again. And I think the few shots that Vic hit him with actually kind of woke him up a little bit and got him to establish guard. And then he stopped yeah. it. So it was badly I saw timed. a few people talking about the clock, but the, the clock has got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like uh, the ref isn't supposed to take the clock in one second, two seconds, or, or four minutes, 59 seconds to go in the round. It's the exact same rules so uh that's known to do with it but i think the fact that joe was getting his guard together and looked to be recovering um but as i said as i said before he could have stopped it a couple of punches before that so no big robbery or anything there but a little early yeah 100 it was a very good fight again against two two very even guys like yeah vic like he's 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 gotta, he's gotta be taken seriously now and he called out absolutely everybody except kevin lee and then he he went to twitter and made kevin lee was oh why didn't you call me and he's like sorry i forgot let's do it and he mm-hmm. named the date and place and everything so he wants to fight anybody yeah. <laughs> you gotta respect like, that 
Yeah, that I'm just looking at that lightweight division now. It's absolutely stacked. Like Evan Dunham and Francesco Trinaldo are fourteen and fifteen. Like I think the two of these lads are better fighters than, than both of them, to be honest. Uh, and and they could definitely be there. You know, they're both of these lads are top twenty at and uh, you know, there's no shame for either of them if they had lost this fight. But I I think both of these lads will be in that top fifteen, top ten in the next eighteen months or two years. I think. And uh, you know, Joseph Duffy, I believe it's a seven fight contract he signed, so he'll he'll you know he'll definitely be back up they're, there. They're both awkward guys to fight as well. I think uh, when Vic was saying, oh nobody wanted to fight myself or Joe Duffy so he respects mm -hmm. Joe Duffy for taking the fight and he was kind of saying stuff along those lines I think it's because they're kind of awkward like Vic's so tall and long and Duffy's got the kind of weird uh, boxing tendencies and he just fights uh, unorthodoxly so yeah I think um, I think it's not the end of the world for as I we was saying earlier like uh, everybody loses in MMA you can lose and you can close them holes and come back and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. As you say, long contract for for uh, Duffy was just signed one fight before, so we're going to see him around the UFC for for years to come. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, right. One word on OSP. OSP's head kick. One word. Literally Boom. one word. Boom. Brilliant. Uh, one word on better on what John? Where Johnny Hendricks will fight next? <sighs> where is he out of contract now? Probably not, but that doesn't really matter. UFC. Oh, really? I'd say Bellator. And what about Wonderboy? Like, I couldn't... Did you pick Masvidal going into this? I couldn't believe... No, no. No, you didn't. Fair enough. I couldn't believe how many people were picking Masvidal. This was just a different class of fighter altogether. Like, this was uh, this was the easiest fight you'll see in the UFC. Like, Wonderboy absolutely destroyed him from moment one. Just made it look easy, you know. I think he was out. He said it afterwards that he was out with an injury for a long time during this camp. And maybe that's why he didn't get the finish and stuff. I think he could have upped the pace and beat Masvidal. Like, when Masvidal tried to come forward, he just got destroyed. When he sat back, he got destroyed. Yeah, Masvidal, basically, the only success he had was with leg kicks. And um, Thompson was willing to willing to take them. He, they weren't causing him any trouble. So, yeah, it was it was pretty dominant from Wonderboy. But, you know, anything can happen in MMA. So, I wouldn't, wouldn't be that dismissive of people picking Masvidal. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on. And this week coming up is the Bellator Ireland card as they co-promote again with Bama and what, what is a, a pretty good card all the way through um, what about that main event Brian Moore against AJ McKee obviously I, I was trying to watch as much tape on AJ McKee as I could but there isn't that much obviously because Bellator don't really pull up their fights and stuff but he seems to be an I'm like an unbelievably good wrestler good outside game very athletic guy hits hard big slams how do you think he matches up against Brian Moore? You know, in that case, and tell us about more. Yeah, I think you know. I, I think uh, AJ McKee will be looking to implement the wrestling, and will be looking to put more on his back. Um, I think more more is kind of flown under the radar as we talked about because he wasn't really around for the the initial burst of of mainstream attention and given to Conor McGregor and Paddy and Cahill and all them and Ashling and all them. Uh, so uh, people maybe forgotten about Brian Moore a bit, but he's he's a very very well-rounded fighter um it's really like as you say it's really hard to know with aj mckee these guys that he's beaten i don't really know them you know uh the only fights i've seen of them is when they're fighting aj mckee and losing usually a unanimous decision uh, and usually a lot of it is to do with wrestling so if aj's going to win this fight i think he's going to have to put brian on his back and keep him there or, or keep putting him on his back but uh i think brian's striking has come on a lot over the, over the years as well i think he can uh he can look at his recent uh, finishes and and take a lot from that, but it's 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 actually really hard because I I just haven't really seen that much of AJ McKee as you were saying. It's, it's hard to find tape on him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, his his dad is a well known UFC veteran. He's he's been around MMA since since he was very very young, which is a, a, a big benefit. He's probably 
coming into to the sport as a, as a well-rounded fighter and not just as a wrestler but obviously wrestling is, is a very handy thing to fall back on as well yeah like you'd uh, you'd obviously have to give mckee the the advantage here but i think brian moore is a, is a very very good fighter and uh, you could see that daniel Leitch fight even though it didn't go too long moore was doing very very well in that fight you know he said afterwards he made one mistake i think he did and obviously he, he paid for it as well but you know he can, i think he's underestimated he can hang with these guys and i think he he will hang with him for a few it, it, this is three rounds as well isn't it bellator, bellator don't do five round men events do that um but yeah three rounds yeah. i think this could go you know could go a few rounds brian moore could you know he's obviously gonna gonna have a lot of the crowd behind him you know being a wexford man linster man training out of sbg he's gonna have a lot of the you know people coming up from wexford and stuff and he's gonna have a big crowd behind him obviously when it's in dublin and uh that you know that's gonna help him aj mckee has never really been in a spot like this before where it could be you know you could even have conor mcgregor sitting there cage side like roaring him on and he's gonna get the crowd behind him you know that, that could be a, an absolutely huge thing for him uh, as well and i'm you know i'm looking forward to that I, look uh, as a main event you have you have to feel a bit sorry for bellator as well and i have an article coming out in this during the week and well feel, feel sorry for ireland really because a lot of the the you know the, the main events have fallen apart you know in the ufc and bellator are the big fights you know like chris fields and, and lee mcgeary kind of fell apart in belfast and then you had uh steve emiotis been right well falling apart you had Poirier against duffy you know and a, few, and a few more as well Gunnar nelson and, and dong hyun kim i believe as well fell apart that was uh, supposed to be in belfast and with james Gallagher falling off this uh, fight as well you know more than mckee would have been a good fight maybe a little bit down the line when they had maybe a little bit to build it or if you did this whole SPG thing, you know, they haven't much time to do it now. There isn't really much heat or anything between these two lads. Uh, and it's unfortunate like that, you know, if they had Gallagher on here and, you know, maybe McKee then more after that, if Brian Moore maybe called him out when he was supposed to be on this card and then they fought in Ireland or they fought in the common event or something down the line, that would have been huge. So it's like, it's a little bit disappointing for that. But I think the fight itself will actually be pretty good. I'd probably pick AJ McKee to win, but I wouldn't definitely wouldn't rule Brian Moore out. You know, he's a, he's a tough guy in a, a tough matchup for anyone. Yeah, I'm in a similar position. I think it'd probably be a, a three-round decision in the end. I think there's going to be some close rounds, but I think the the wrestling... Uh, the wrestling game will, will win it for AJ McKee if he, if he implements that. If he tries to strike a Brian... It, it it could go it could go a different way, but from the, the little bit I've seen of AJ McKee, uh, he he's got a good fight IQ and he'll probably work to take downs as much as possible and eke out a decision. Yeah, Sinead Kavanaugh too here is I believe is in the, in the comment event according to Severe Medicom, but what would Dimpricks know anyway? Uh, and she takes on uh, Maria Casanova, a French uh, lady who's three five and one, I believe. Sinead Kavanaugh now four and two. This is a big fight for her too, isn't it? You know after. Uh, you know, we talked about her her last fight last week. She's two d- defeats now in a row after four four wins in a row to start off her career. And you know, uh, uh, there were two decision losses. She obviously has big, you know, heavy hands. And if she comes in here and, and gets a, a big win, it could be a big thing for her as well because you know, you you she's kind of got the Conor McGregor rub as well. You know, he said only a couple of months ago that she could be the next Conor McGregor. That she has the quality and she's going to improve like that as well. But you know, if if that's going to happen, kind of it needs to be happening now as well. You know, in here she's a big spot. This could be something that could lift her through at Bellator. In you know, in the Bellator ranks, fighting a featherweight as well uh, is somewhere where they have a belt in Bellator. And you know, they would love to put her in in a in a, in a title fight if she can win two, three fights in a row here, starting on Saturday night. You know, she could be getting into that title picture fairly soon. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a huge fight. Like on on your record, four four and two now. If you lose, you're four and three, and if you win, you're five and two. And I think mm-hmm. I think it's very different. It's, it's huge, and how you're going to be booked, and what what people are going to think of you as well. 
And like, as we said last week or the week before, whatever it was, uh, her last fight was razor close and she lost. But people don't remember that. People just look at your record and say, oh, you lost two, you won four. So a uh, huge fight for Sinead here. Big spot as well. I believe it's going to be the co-main event. So, um, yeah, I, I, from from looking at I don't know much about Maria Casanova, but from looking at the record, I think uh, Sinead will probably get it done here. But it's hard to know because I, uh, I haven't seen any of Casanova. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, baby slices on this card as well. Charlie Ward against John Ridman, Paul Ridman on the card as well. You know, two team rhino um, namesakes there. What do you think about the oh, Charlie yeah, the Decky Ward? Decky Dalton fight is actually fight. off the card. Yeah. We announced during the week uh, Decky Dalton's got an elbow injury and uh, his fight is off. So uh, that's disappointing, but he's always in a good scrap. Mm-hmm. What about that John Ridman, Charlie Ward fight? That's a big SPG versus team rhino fight as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, Charlie Ward. Uh, Got to the UFC when he was what three and one, and then a couple of quick losses, one in quite bizarre fashion uh, in his, in his last fight before before uh, this. Um, Charlie's had a mad career. He made his pro debut against Mike or uh, sorry John Phillips, and uh, uh, w- was winning the fight, and then ended up getting knocked out. Um, John Redmond's been around for forever. He's he's fought Chris Fields back in the day. He's fought he's fought everybody. He's fought Reese McKee. <laughs> he's fought like he's been around. He's um, an Irish MMA veteran or a, a stalwart. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd yeah, be. So I, th- but I, I think uh, like as long as uh, Charlie like the the weird way he got knocked out the last time. It's like is, is he really chinny or was that just bizarre? What what happened? Because when you get knocked out a couple times in a row, maybe maybe. It's better to take a bigger rest in between. It's a really hard one, but I think I think Charlie's gonna be able to get takedowns. Uh, so if he fights, if he fights a smart game plan, I think Charlie will be able to get on top and get the ground and pound going and uh, win from there. Yeah, I think I think that last one was just a bit weird, to be honest. Uh, I, I think this will be a good fight. You know, I think it'll be a back and forth. I think someone will probably get knocked out or, or submitted. You know, in the first, uh, in the first couple of minutes maybe uh but yeah i'm looking forward to that and paul redmond as well back uh after we only saw him fight fight a couple of weeks ago there ksw yeah. a quick turnaround for him as well against uh against i believe it's a portuguese opponent i believe he is but uh yeah it's going to be good to, to see reds as well you know he was he was looking for a place in this fight and i think this is a big one for him yeah he was yeah it's 161 pounds so it's, it's obviously late now so he'll be fighting a bit higher so we didn't have to make that that uh 155 pound weight cut twice twice in what three weeks that's good. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a big boost to the card, especially with uh, Decky Dalton uh, falling off injured. What's your your favorite fight in that that undercard as well? The ba- obviously the Bama portion of the card. Uh, Alex Lahore, Richard Kiley for for a Bama title is there. Andy Young as well fighting Daniel Perez should be a very very good fight. Uh, Dylan Tuke is coming back. Richie Smullen is fighting as well. I think that's for a Lanzel fight, isn't it? And there's a few Blaine O'Driscoll, Ryan Curtis, uh, Ian Pascu as well. A few more guys. That Blaine O'Driscoll, Dominic Wooding fight it'll be a good fight as well. What's your standout yeah, one there? Yeah, um, there's a good there's a few good matchups there. Um. What would I have to go with? I'm very interested in seeing Dylan too come back as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe Blaine and Dominic Wooding. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Alex Ahora and, and Kylie. There's a lot of trash talk and bad blood and stuff, but 
Yeah, it's hard to think like that. Kylie, Kylie could obviously rise to the occasion, stuff, but Lahore is very, very uh, much, you know, more experienced than, than Lahore. Like a lot of people are giving out about this fight, you know, that it's a very an inexperienced guy against, you know, their champion, a guy who could be moving to the UFC very soon. And Richard Kylie just, he, I think a lot of people think he might, he would, could get there, but he isn't there yet. So I think that's why yeah, he's, he's a brilliant striker. Yeah. He's looked great in his, in his two uh, victories in his poker uh, so far, but you've got to, you've got to, expect that um if Lahore can get it to the ground which he should be able to do against a guy who's, who's young in his career for such an experienced guy like himself uh, people are talking about going to the UFC as you're saying so you, you'd have to expect that if Lahore can get it to the ground he'll be able to dominate there or, or get the finish there but Kylie is very dangerous on the feet and, and if if, if Lahore gets head up gets caught up in all this uh, emotion and trash talk maybe he'll want to he'll want to show that he's better on the feet maybe that's what Kylie's trying to do but yeah I think um I think the most intriguing is is seeing Dylan Tew come back? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, John Kavanaugh. I think a few a few years ago he said Dylan Tuke, uh and Richie Smullen were you know two of his best guys. Yeah, that Smullen Barnett fight is brilliant as yeah, well. Like Barnett looked yeah. great, like as well. I think this is a kind of a changing of the guard, maybe fight for for Irish MMA, and I, my column coming out kind of mentions that as well during the week. That like uh, you know, Ashling Daly now is gone. Um, Carl Pindred is gone. Um, uh, Paddy Hoolan's gone. Neil Seary is gone. You know, there's this next need, group kind of needs to come through. You know, you have this, this uh, the the as you like to call them, of, of uh, Paul Redmond and Norman Park, who was another fight booked as well coming up. But the, you know, these Dylan Took, Richie Smolin, you know, um, Pat Wickstead, different guys like that. Uh, he's obviously not in the car, but th- these guys are going to come through. You know, Ryan Cortis as well uh, from uh, from Roddy's gym. These guys are, are definitely going to come through. Reese McKee as well. You know, and and it's a big time for them, and this could be a big card for them to you know to make an, uh, you know a name for themselves, even with. You know, Scott Cork is going to be there watching the lads on the Bama card. They could earn themselves a you know a big place in Bellator, and Bellator have been coming back now a few times as well. You know, making a lot over in England as well and in Europe. So you know, it, it's it's a huge fight for a lot of these yeah. guys. I think Blaine O'Driscoll, if he can if he can beat Dominic Wooding and move and move himself to six and one. Like I know Dominic Wooding is only three and one, but he's a highly touted prospect. He looked really good against Andy Young, who's also fighting on this card actually, against mm-hmm. Daniel Barres, who who beat um Ryan Curtis. Yeah. So there is some really good fights here, and I think if Blaine can make a real statement, move to six and one, beat beat a guy in Dominic Wooding who's very tricky and very athletic and very explosive, and and just a very good martial artist for 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 very young in his career. Like you might look at his record and think he's inexperienced, but he doesn't fight like that. So uh, if Blaine can win here, it really shows how much he's progressed, and it really puts him in a good position. Yeah, and Andy Young as well. I must mention he's in a, obviously in a title fight there as well. You know, he's he's one of the top fighters in the island of Ireland these days. Like he's very very impressive. You know, he's last yeah. five or six fights. A guy, you know, he's eleven and eight now, I believe, in his career. Yeah. But like, There's a touch of the series to his record. Yeah, series, Neil series to his record, where he's been fighting. He's kind of come into his own recently, and he was fighting guys that are bigger than him due to his small size and being around so many years ago. Yeah, he's five and one in his last six with the only loss to, to Rennie's today and you know the decision loss, I believe. Razor class, uh, yeah. yeah, very, very close one. So, you know, he he's another guy that'll be you know, Bellator could be calling on him or the UFC could be calling on him for you know, with that kind of record. So yeah, it's it's uh, gonna be fun this Friday coming up. So let us know, I'll be there. Hopefully, anyway. Graham will be there. Um Are you so, gonna come out drinking this time or are you gonna bottle it again? I'll go yeah, I'll come drinking. I'm booked into the uh the Gibson, so yeah, I'll be I'll be there. Call, call in, buy me a pint afterwards, not before. So, uh, yeah, that should be fun. 
Right, let's move on because we're going to be here all day. Last week's Bellator, let's mention it very quickly. The scene as we're on Bellator, uh, Ryan Bader obviously came in, got a good win over uh, Linton Vassell. What other fights were on that ground? I can't even remember. Um, yeah, the women's uh, inaugural title fight, McFarlane yeah, versus Ducote. Yeah. Uh, Phil Davis beat uh, Leo Leite, who was previously mm-hmm. undefeated. Uh, really, really boring fight. Uh, Ed Root. Uh, he looked good. Really good prospect. Looked fantastic. Uh, <laughs> destroyed Chris Dempsey with a punch. Uh, knocked him unconscious. My boy, Big Daddy Dimps. Yeah, Chris Dempsey, who fought on the UFC Dublin card. Uh, mm-hmm. McGregor and Brandao. Um, so either what uh, did what did the Freeman what Freeman did to Pico? Yeah. Um, oh, did you see that knockout? Actually, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it looked like a dive." I think he he spiked his head on on his knee, on side of Wad's knee. Like uh, he caught him with a little bit of a punch, but I think that's exactly what I mean. He kind of spiked his fucking head down on him and knocked himself out more than anything. Well, I suppose, yeah. Well, Bader. What about Bader? You know, he, yeah, he looked very dominant. Yeah. Like Linda Vassell had a great win there in his last one against McGeary. Looked really good on the ground, but Bader was able to just slice through his through his. Uh, Two Linton Vassell's guard and beat him up and take a really, really dominant win. Tino TRT is surely going to come back and fight Bader, is he? Like, he's a win over Bader. You know, I know he, he had another neck surgery there, but like, he'd more than likely get that title shot again if he came back. I'd say if, if he yeah, wanted if it. the money's right, he'll be back. I'd say, yeah, email. right? Let's move on. Uh, our final, well, our second from final talking point of the night is actually let's get to this whole Conor McGregor apology thing. And what, before we get to that, and uh, during that as well, obviously the the um, the premiere of the documentary was this week. He did a lot of interviews, and we're going to talk about a little bit about that. How did it go? Was it good? Was it good crack? Uh, did everyone? Yeah, good well? crack. Yeah, yeah. And no, I was good, good fun. See, um, good night, memorable. <laughs> you didn't bother coming up. Well, listen. These things no happen. Oh, no support, Shani. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no support, Hanging around with them Dublin crowd. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, like, McGatton did uh, that traitor, Judas McGatton, did Judas. the did the Q and A. So uh, that was that was funny as well. Somebody said that he looked like he was dressed like uh, an old school ticket uh, cinema ticket. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> get your popcorn. Get your popcorn here. But uh, yeah, it, was, it, it looked like good stuff anyway. And I think a lot, a lot of people have been enjoying it and uh, said it was good. Like so, we didn't like him. We didn't give him any fake news, but. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the interviews coming up, you know, it was Conor McGregor's kind of apology for the the whole the, the calling uh, Andre Filia faggot in uh, a backstage tape, but that was caught of him talking to Artem Lavov, and uh, I thought it was a pretty heartfelt apology. Obviously, he did on the Late Late Show, and he did on I think it was Sky News as well. Uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, you always have these, you know, people coming out kind of saying. You know, he shouldn't have apologized because you know, shouldn't have need to apologize, and that's fair enough. But like, once you say something, I think you should come out and apologize for it. And that's kind of what we called for when we were talking about it last week. Then you had people saying that his apology, you know, he was kind of it wasn't a real apology, and that he was kind of giving out about people just giving out about him and saying sorry because people were giving out about him. Basically, uh, for me, and I'll try to you in a second, I, I don't think that I, I thought it was very heartfelt. The one thing I don't think. He had a point on, I think, thought that he probably shouldn't have said or he, like he shouldn't be, he needs to change his thinking. I maybe was giving out about the media, giving out about him. Like, I think it, if you call a person a, fo- a faggot, media should give out about you. Like, you shouldn't be saying things like that. And we did and lo- lots of other people did it. Like, what are you supposed to say? Like, 
But what, what's the expected media to say yeah. is like, oh, look, he made like he did make a mistake, and I think that's what most people were saying. We said that he made a mistake, and he needs to come out and apologize for it, and he did, and we'll move on, obviously, after this. But I think it's it's important to say that the apology I thought was very, very good, but that was me, you know, that wasn't the best thing to say. I don't think giving out about people like that, but um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I think he kind of stumbled yeah. over his words, but it's a, it's a sensitive subject, and he, yeah. he was he was trying to make sure he didn't say the wrong thing. I think what he was trying to say was that uh, the the whole um, racism thing that was brought up before that he was trying to he was trying to describe a scene from a Rocky movie, and I think he was trying to say that like you know they were saying oh he said he said this racist stuff, now he said this homophobic stuff, and they were yeah, kind of tying the two in together, and that that he said that like you know the 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 racist thing was just a misunderstanding but he he i think he was saying basically that i have to take responsibility for the 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 gay slur and he was trying to pick his words very careful and he ended up stumbling over his words but i i think i think i think we talked about it last week i think the 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 actions of of trying to um, support gay marriage when it, when the referendum was up i think i think that was a good thing for him to bring up as well even though people kind of say oh like you know i'm not racist my friend is black or whatever you know it's mm-hmm. kind of a but I think that that is a that kind of does stand, especially when he isn't political usually. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Look, I for me, we, we we talked about it as much as we needed to last week, and that we left it on. He needs to come out and apologize. Could have been sooner, but he did come out and apologize. Uh, fair play to him, and I think it's you know we can move on from there. And that's exactly what we will do to next week's UFC card, which is coming at us quick. Um, some very good fights in this actually looking at you know the, the undercard there you have Jake Collier who's a little bit of a prospect Court McGee's against Sean Strickland should be a good fight uh, Angela Hill against Nina Ansrov which is a good fight Sage Norcott is back as well you Viviana Pereira against Tatiana Suarez very very good fight in the women, women's strawweight division I think Marlon Moraes against John Dodson is on this card on the undercard what about that that's a good fight isn't it on paper, it's a great fight, but with John Dodson, you never know. He might just stand there and try to counter, and it might turn into a nothing fight. But if Martin Moraes has anything to do with it, it'll be a it'll be a vicious it'll be a vicious war. But um, yeah, no, the, the Joe Lowe's on Clay Guida fight as well. Like yeah. they may be both kind of over the hill a bit and um, maybe on the downturn of their career, but that's still going to be a very good fight. It's like opening the main card. Yeah. And I think people forget how good Rafael Asensio is. Maybe his fights are really boring. I, I maybe tend to agree a, a bit. He could he could do more, but he's very difficult to look good against. And it's a it's a big test for Matthew Lopez. So that, that's a good fight as well. Yeah, that's that's a great fight. And uh, the one after it as well is, uh, I think, or sorry, the couple after, but um, Nate Marquardt, obviously the greatest welterweight of all time, coming in there against Cesar Ferreira, <laughs> king of pancreas. We know over Tyron Woodley, the only man to knock out both Tyron Woodley and Damian Maya. They've only been knocked out by one person. Damian Maya in seven uh, seconds as well. There you go. Unbelievable. What a what a fighter. Andre Arlovsky, obviously the former champion of the world against Junior Albini, Matt Brown, and uh, Diego Sanchez in a tremendous fight. Although Diego Sanchez come out a retired fight, fight, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Brown said he's retiring, win or lose. So that should be fun. I think he probably will win Diego, but Sanchez has begun to look shop worn. Uh, amazingly only over his last couple of fights but they all should be very very fun for me um dustin Poirier against Anson and anthony pettis how'd you see that one going it's Why a tough one. Into London? yeah it's a tough one um like pettis would have picked him maybe three or four years ago against against justin Poirier, no problem but we think we've talked about it in the past i don't know if his, his desire is still there like he had a he had a i think it was a decision win over jim miller he looked he looked good but he didn't look like old pettis and um, Parier is coming off a controversial um, 
uh, no contest due to a foul against Eddie Alvarez. Before that, he he won a decision over Miller as well. So it's a really tough one. It's a really tough one. I'd go I'd go with Pettis just because of all the tools he has and he's slick on the ground. He he's more likely to finish it, I think. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be all that surprised if Poirier wins. But I go I go with a uh, pretty Tony P. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't even know this card was happening until a few minutes ago. It reminds me preoccupied, obviously, with Bellator coming up and stuff. But thinking about it, I think Poirier is actually a good matchup for Pettis, to be honest, because Pettis has very good takedown defense. He gets stuck against defense the odd bit, but I don't think Poirier is going to beat him there. Poirier's chin, as Conor McGregor says, you know, he gets put down in, in on one knee a lot. Pettis definitely hits hard, so I think. Like Poria does come forward as well, and Pettis is a counter striker mostly. Uh, so if he does come forward and he gives Pettis those opportunities, I think Pettis could land a big head kick and, and knock him clean out. And Pettis, Pettis likes when people make a fight out of it. Um, so if Poria does make it kind of a scrap like that, I think Pettis will come out in the best. And and Poria has improved an awful lot, I think, though since that McGregor fight and since moving to lightweight as well. And maybe his record sometimes doesn't doesn't show that, but he's a really really good fighter as well. And I think Pettis will win, but I think it'll be. A, you know, it'll be a good old scrap and uh, a good card in general. You know, fight night card next uh, Saturday, obviously after the um, the Bellator card on the Friday. So that should be fun. Right, let's move on, Graham, to a few questions. Let's get to the Naked Day Q&A. Uh, he updates it after last week. I'm 3-2 up on, on predictions or on our, uh, our answers. So you need to make a comeback here. True or false, UFC 217 will be more memorable in years to come than UFC 205. Hmm. False. Well, I don't know how we're going to judge that, though. Yeah, we can't judge that. But the two belts, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think it might have been a better card on paper and be- not on paper, but on in practice. But I don't think more memorable. No. Joanna's next fight would be a rematch versus Rose. True. True as well. I think. Yeah. Cody's next fight would be a rematch versus TJ. False. Yeah, I think false. I mean, Cody, yeah, I think false as well. I think he'd probably fight Jimmy Rivera if Jimmy Rivera loses to Dominic Cruz. Bisping's next fight will be a rematch versus GSP. False. False. Wonderboy will need Woodley to lose the belt before he gets another title shot. Um, if it went on for years, maybe he would, but um, probably true. True, yeah. So true. 217 was the most enjoyable night for either of you as an MMA fan. There have been some great cards, false. like yeah, yeah. I'd say false as well. Yeah. Marlon Moraes will get his first UFC win at the weekend versus Dodson. Ooh, um, that is a tough one. Um, I haven't watched any tape on either yet. Me neither. Yeah, I, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna delay my answer until my preview. Okay, Jesus, I'll have to abstain as well, just for. Uh, Okay, Graham says uh, false. Either Poirier will knock out Pettis or Pettis will get will knock out Poirier. No, I don't think Pettis is getting knocked out, to be honest. I think if Poirier wins, it'll be a decision, maybe a submission. Probably not. Probably a decision. But no, I'd say false. I go false as well, but yeah, not very confidently. Michael Bissing will headline UFC London versus a top five middleweight. Top five. Um, false. Uh, I'd say false, so I think it'll probably be Vitor. Uh, Dana White is lying. This is a good question. Dana White is lying about uh, how good of a year the UFC are having to try and show that the UFC doesn't need to completely rely on stars like Conor McGregor. That's 100% true. 
Well, he was including the Mayweather uh, McGregor bout in that. He said yeah. at the post press conference. Yeah, but still, he said we're uh, talking money. He said we're talking money. We're talking turnover, and that that was money and turnover we made. So that's part of what he's saying. Yeah, but still, like they made money from that. But it's still basically he's saying that the UFC, and he said specifically Connor and Connor would have fought twice in the UFC if he didn't fight Mayweather. And then he said we didn't have Ronda, and we're still doing really well. So I, I definitely think that's what he was getting at. Like that's bullshit. Mm. Like, yeah, no, it's a lot of shite as well. But <laughs> TJ Dillashaw will go down to flyweight next year and beat Mighty Mouse. <sighs> false. I'd agree. I, I'd say false as well. Yeah. Uh, I want them to, but uh, I think he's more likely. Yeah, if he just said just a fight, I'd probably, I'd probably say false as well. But it'd be much more likely. <laughs> right, Andy Hall at Bootneck Andy. Who's most likely, if either, to fight for a title first, Masvidal or Wonderboy? Masvidal is the Wonderboy. most overrated fighter in the UFC. I've said it for a while. Wonderboy, of course. Masvidal never fight for a title. He's He's just not that good. Like he's a good fighter, but he's a different. Wonderboy's a different class of fighter altogether. Come on, he's like four and three or three and four in his last seven. But yeah, definitely Wonderboy. Yeah, what are people talking about? Um, okay, <laughs> next <laughs> next question. Uh, I love JJ's fighting style, but it wasn't great to see a bully get. What well, wasn't it great to see a bully get KO'd and put her in her place? Also, thoughts and her top strikes. Yeah, we we talk about that, but de- yeah, I think. People, as we were saying, people. The are bully thing's a bit, a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. She. I don't like. I wouldn't consider her a bully. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 fight preparation and it's stuff. Fight but, game, yeah. Yeah. Jack Durgis asks biggest oh shit moment: Bisping Rockhold two or Rose Joanna? Any bigger upset? Rose Joanna. Yeah. That, Rose Joanna. Oh, a bigger oh shit moment than Bisping Rockhold? Yeah. Do you think so? And no, I think Bisball Rock Rockhold was that was one of the biggest ever. The biggest ever for me, anyway, was was Chris Weidman, uh, Anderson Silva. I was like watching it in bed and literally leapt out of the bed. It was the most unbelievable thing ever. What about Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen with the triangle at the end? That, that was, was pretty that was madness. That was a fight I used to show people to get them into MMA. Like if they could, oh, this is a bit boring. You know, it's really boring. And then he pulls it out of nowhere. I think that's the most MMA fight to ever happen. That was unbelievable. But yeah, there's what about uh, Elkins as well against. Uh, your man oh um, yeah your boy that was unreal yeah 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 that was that was serious yeah, yeah. um nickel there or sorry uh mr podge i want mr podge friend of the podcast asked Derek brunson called out a chris weidman could you see that happening yeah i could see it happening i think that'd be um that'd be a pretty good fight yeah here's a good question actually from Eamon McLean friend of the podcast well, Eamon McLean do you think Cormier should be allowed to commentate way too cringy after Rose has been almost ruined it cruise for big cards you know, I kind of agree with that I, I think Cormier is getting yeah, better he's kind of like, in and and bits. Uh, he's yeah. kind of like a fan in the booth and he uh, I don't he, know I'm, I'm, I'm not, my, not my liking anyway at the end of fights that I thought the Rose stuff was awful just tug Rose tug Rose no man, come on! Like uh, that, that just wasn't good commentary. I think I think he was trying to have a moment. You know, I trying. This is going to be my. This is my moment to shine. And I think he just fucked up badly. Maybe that's something he can learn because I do think he's getting better in the play by play. Although he, yeah, I think Luke Luke Thomas mentioned it a couple of weeks back that it kind of turns into a fight companion at times, where himself and Joe are kind of just uh, just talking to each other. I'm not sure the whole three man boot is working to be honest. Um, and I thought these it works with Dom Cruz. Yeah, it works with Don Cruz. I thought DC 
did well in the smaller shows where he's just by himself when he can just keep talking and talking. I think he's good in that role. I think if they gave him the role Stan has, uh, where he's doing the smaller shows by himself and then give Dominic Cruz the bigger fights, I think that makes more sense to be honest. I, I think uh, I think they're better suited there. Uh, okay, UFC punts. If Rose and Rory McDonald had a child together, would it be guaranteed a spot in Stranger Things three? I don't. I've never seen Stranger Things, but I actually I've seen Stranger Things the first season, but not the second season yet. So. Uh... Was it good? Yeah, the first season was good. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't as into it as some people, but it, no, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Our very own Project Foreign at Project Foreign, the creator of the severe snippet, asks a few true or false questions. Here we go. Cody becomes oh, he's champion. Stealing, he's stealing the segment. You yeah, got to watch out, Nate. Yeah. The foreign, the Padraig Q and A. Uh, true or false? Cody becomes champion again in the next two years. True. True, I'd say as well. GSP moves back down to welterweight at some point. True, I think. Mm, true. Maybe even lightweight. TJ versus DJ happens. Mm. Oh, God. What was I, it again? Say again. TJ versus DJ happens. <sighs> um, we haven't heard anything from TJ yet, or from DJ yet, have we? No, actually, I don't think so. No, I don't think it. Uh, I'll go with true at some stage, but uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't think next. I don't. I, I, it doesn't look likely. Yeah, Rose defends her belt successfully at least once. <sighs> That's a tough one. False. Oh, she's gonna fight Joanna probably again. I think so. Yeah. I think. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Mm, I'm gonna say true. I think she'll be Joanna again. Does UFC two seventeen do over seven hundred thousand pay per view buys? We were talking last week, and I think we were talking maybe between six and eight. So I think it. I think it might have even done or over that. I think it could have done towards nine. I think it true. Yeah, I think it does over that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, true. Joanna fights at 125 next. False. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, New York Rick asks, uh, he asks, how does it feel recording without us all? P- pretty terrible. And then also, did the collective, <laughs> the collective overlook TJ Dillashaw for the tantalizing but less proven Garbrandt? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think Garbrandt is less proven, but I think, the f- yeah. That it's a fair it's a fair question, but I think the fact that Garbrandt got beaten kind of in his own game and was able to pull TJ into his own game by hurting him made uh, like I think you know he you know he's very good and and I don't think it was um, I don't think it was experienced to beat him. I just think TJ was ballsy as fuck and you know went to, to war with him in the area where he's good and beat him there. You know what can you say? You know. I, I don't think Car- Garbrandt won- lost that fight. I think TJ Dillashaw won that fight. You know, he just went out there and he, he took it and he was, you know, very ballsy and, and absolutely brilliant. So, yeah. Dara Kelly at Kildara. What was your favorite KO finish of the night? That's that's a tough question. Uh, just, just looking through them. Obviously, you know, Rose must be up there. TJ's finish was up there. Um, GSP choking Bisping to absolute sleep. Was was KO, though. Did he ask KOs or? No, finish. He just said, I think, didn't he? Oh, finish. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one was Wonderboy when he got the decision. No, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, seeing GS, I think I holy shit was just the, the culmination of all of them to end in GSP choke and Bisping to sleep. I think that has to be it. Like, you know. I, I think it was Rose, Rose and Joanna. I, yeah. I was just shocked. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable, just unbelievable. Uh, at Irish MMA one nine four, is Mickey Gall's all around game overrated? You know what I think it probably is. People are acting like my yeah. he was my underground. He said, "Yeah, 
he didn't look great. Randy Brown's very, good, very, but... very young in his career. Like Randy Brown's young in his career as well, but he still has about double the fights that uh, Mickey Gall has. Let me just pull up the records here, actually. Yeah. Um, where is it? Uh, like Randy Brown's had twelve fights now, and Mickey Gall's had five. So like, there's plenty of time for Mickey Gall. Like, uh, he lost what a twenty nine, twenty eight decision. Like, it's not, it's not as if oh he got exposed, he's crap. Like, no hope from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy Brown's a good fighter. Um, and he, Mickey Gall will be back, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Last question from Adrian Stanton at AC underscore Stanton. I believe he's an Australian man. He asks, "Who do you think Whitaker will fight next?" Hmm. I think it's GSP. I'm, I'm just not sure. I still think that GSP McGregor fight could happen. I really do. Conor McGregor, I believe, ordered about five Domino's pizzas last night in preparation. <laughs> for that like this, that fight. That fight could happen. Um, that fight could happen, but it's maybe they pay Robert Whitaker sit out money, like, and maybe he does. And you just weigh in wearing like a bunch of watches and stuff, uh, and be grand. Put um, <laughs> put put a few weights in his pockets and stuff, and be grand. Yeah, to bring go watches, and pocket watches, and stuff, all attached to. No, no. What he should do is walk out with Connor Junior. <laughs> do the walkouts and weigh in while holding Connor Junior in his hands, and then he holding well, him like he's way. holding a tray. But well, what weight is what weight is what weight would that baby maybe like twenty pounds? No idea. So yeah, a, be... I know nothing about babies. <laughs> I'm not a baby expert. I'm an MMA expert. Yeah, so yeah, do that. I'd probably be bigger than like seven pounds, twelve ounces when they're born, wouldn't they? So he's probably like thirty pounds. I'd be too big. Do, yeah. do you think GSP could any weight to get down or maybe you, like maybe a pound or two? He, he probably would. I, I, it could happen at one seventy as well. Like McGregor's fought at one seventy before, so that didn't make yeah. sense, you know. So, I definitely like I, I I'm convinced it's going to happen, but maybe not, you know. Or maybe you might be right. Maybe it won't happen next. But I just, it makes too much sense for it not to happen. They both have belts. It was obvious that they were working towards it before when you know GSP had his fight when he lost. And McGregor fighting at 170 when he was coming, when GSP was coming back. It's, and McGregor as well. Whitaker is sitting there as an interim champion for a while now, though, as well. Get all, get all, he'll get over that. Uh, t- t- look, McGregor always wants to move up and make more money for his next fight. He's like Tony Ferguson might, you know, it'll be great. You know, Tony Ferguson might do. Two million pay per view buys, but G- if if that does two million, GSP will do three million. You know, and that's you when you're in Conor McGregor shoes, when you're in the UFC shoes, when you're in GSP shoes. The cheddar make it better, as Rampage back at Jackson says. So I have a feeling I'm I'm insane. Call me insane, but you know who else is insane? Conor McGregor. Right. Thanks everyone for listening. This Hold was... on, before we finish, are we yeah, not going to talk a bit of uh, provincial football? Oh. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Yeah, did you oh. watch the the football, the English Premier League over the, over the weekend? Your I thoughts know, on the yeah, games? I only watched Manchester United against Chelsea, which was uh, actually a pretty good game. Uh, Chelsea deserved to win. Manchester United obviously missing the second most expensive player of all time, Paul Pogba, uh, and Marvin Fellaini injuries while only able to play the last twenty minutes. No, we don't have a left back. Um, the elbows returned from Fellaini. Yeah, brilliant, one of his old tricks. That was my favorite part of the game. He should have been uh, sent off. Yeah, I, look, Chelsea deserved it. Fair play to them. I won't blame the referee who was, was good marking by oh, okay. the best defense in the world, according to you, and the older Murata chance and the, the hazard chance right before it. Are they not the best defense? Where, 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 where was Mike Smalling on that one? He, Even Garrett Southgate was ragging on ragging on your boy, Mike Smalling. Well, he, saying he, he can't pass the ball, dummy. he can't bring the ball out of defense, so he doesn't get in the England squad. He's a dummy. Now, who is the best defense in the world? <laughs> Seriously, who, who is the best defense? I don't know in the world. 
I don't even follow world football anymore. In to be honest, fairness, though, Inter Man United are the best defensive team in the world, aren't they? Come on. Well, De Gea is up there with one of the best goalkeepers. Anyway, I think him and him and Neuer and are the two best. Neuer's in... the best defender in the world. No, Smalling's one of the best defender in the world. Yeah, I think. But uh, Davila Louise got dropped for the game. He, he, that was a. Uh, I like this Christensen. Though. Christensen's a good player. I don't think. I think that makes him strong. You know me. I don't. I don't rate David Louise. So when I, uh, you know, I think Christensen's a better player than him. So I had no problem with that. Oh. Sorry, well, Liverpool, who Liverpool played this weekend? I, I wasn't. I was away. I was at a barbecue there. Well, well, um, uh, four-one. Even even the Ox scored. Oh, yeah. I actually fell asleep during that just before the UFC. To be honest, <laughs> I I I had I'd only like slept two hours before because I had to be at the, my sister's house, and then I fell sound asleep and missed like the whole game. So that was great. Fair play. Congratulations, Liverpool. How long have we been going on this podcast now? This podcast is like almost two hours long, is it? So it's pretty long. We might as well just keep talking for another bit. Anything else happened over the weekend? <laughs> Uh, did you see what's your man's name uh, the boxer obviously heavyweight guy Wilder oh, Deontay Wilder yeah he fucked, fucked the dude up yeah I saw that he beat him like he owed him money yeah he did Dillian White was or no um, Derek Chisora was fighting as well got bet by some European champion who actually looked pretty good so he wasn't bad uh, Chris Eubanks nephew fought as well I saw and didn't look great got a win split decision I believe so yeah there was a lot of a lot of combat sports on over the weekend just but I, I bet you something happened now that we're forgetting but yeah I don't know that was that was uh pretty good after all the embeddeds last week I put up a good few of the embeddeds didn't I after we were talking about it last week yeah 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 there you go teamwork make the dream work so um, <laughs> I just went to severe.com there and it's not and we should buy that I was trying to get to severemma.com but it didn't even happen. Uh, it's probably owned by somebody though, is it? Oh, I'm, oh yeah, maybe. No. It could be, yeah. But yeah, that's it. Thanks yeah, everyone for, uh, for, for for tuning in. Buy it. Buy it. Severe.com. Check it out. Severeboxing.com. That's what we should uh, we should do. But yeah. Oh yeah, a couple uh, of people have been ordering the, the some merchandise, a couple of, couple of t-shirts. Um, You can get the wife beater that Connor was wearing in the, the early scenes of the Notorious and you can get loads and loads of other stuff as well. Go to severemma.com forward slash merchandise yeah we should get more guests on too i enjoyed danny segura being on there earlier on you know it was, it was he only the second ever guest i was thinking that it was it was jude samuel bama matchmaker years ago with, with yourself and andrew and i wasn't no i wasn't on that it was just andrew so technically that oh, was, was it first yeah that was a, a oh, yeah, extra yeah. as well so yeah but who's been on the podcast right there's me you andrew danny segura botter Nile, pizzi damon martin hmm and that's it. Eight people ever. And I've been on every episode, apart from the extra episode, a couple that Andrew did. Andrew did someone with someone else as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He did some with John Balf years ago, but it was I called the was, MMA Hangout. Yeah, it wasn't was called uh, MMA Punk. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. Obviously, the likes of Mr. Pod, Nakildea, Kildara, all the boys, you know, Mixed Martial Adzi, all them boys, fair play to you. Thanks for uh, supporting the show. Tweet it out. Let us know everything. Follow Graham at Severe Follow me at Chanchi NBA. Uh, like, go, go over actually and subscribe to us on, on YouTube. Severe Art over on YouTube. Like the Instagram page as well, Severe MMA. Rate us on iTunes as well. On iTunes, yeah. Spread the word. Only if it's five stars. And you can still go see the notorious Conor, Mc or the Conor McGregor notorious movie in the cinemas. Uh, go on to ConorMcGregorFilm.com and find a location near you. Yeah, that's it. Uh, congratulations again to Danny Segura on beating me in the FIFA. I'm looking forward to the rematch. Um, thanks to him for being on as well. And thanks to all of you for listening. Before we go, the inspirational quote of the week. Always make the comeback stronger than the setback. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Monday.